Well, hello there, you're back, and I'm so excited to have you here. And we're gonna talk about, yep, yep, that fun conversation that we love to talk about. Of course, it is Good Morning with Becky. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss how we have the conversation of death or someone's passing with children. Now, I don't really remember having that kind of conversation when I was younger, and I I believe I only really was at one funeral when I was really little. That was my great-grandfather, so my, my dad's mother's father. And I, I mean, I hardly knew him. I knew who he was. I, there's really no conversation that I could ever remember having with him because at the time I must have been seven or eight, maybe, maybe. And he only spoke Spanish. I spoke none of Spanish. So there's, there's not much I can remember except seeing him in the coffin and that's about it. So I don't really remember anybody telling me like, Oh, you know, like, dear so-and-so has passed away because really didn't have anybody super, super close to me pass away until I was much older. Now, when my son was younger, we went to uh, my grandfather's, so his great-grandfather's funeral. So this is my mom's dad. And my mom had taken him to the casket to see him. And I'm not really sure what Alex might have thought at the time. He had to have been like two or three. But I remember my mom saying like, oh, you know, he's sleeping. And I remember kind of being like, eh, it's, it's not, it's not true. When we sleep, we wake up. And by this time, he'd already been dead for at least a week, I'm assuming, because we're now at the funeral part. Um, so he's not asleep. So now once again, I, I don't really, I've asked Alex if he has that memory. He's, he, Ken doesn't really remember uh, what exactly I was referring to. So, so it's not like that, like, I don't think it, seeing a dead body at that time triggered him or, you know, it's traumatized him or whatnot. So uh, when my dad died, that was a really difficult thing for me to go through with the kids because well, first off, it's my dad. I've known this man longer than my kids have known him. And so I was already in the middle of my own grief process. Now I have to kind of go outside of myself and go, okay, like, I know you're hurting, Becky, but there are other people that are hurting too. You got to tend to them as well. So that was kind of a scary situation for me, mentally and emotionally, if you will. Um, no, the first night I took it really difficult because um, I, I know I said this in a previous episode. I only had, I only felt like I had just a few moments to grieve because at that point I had to start making the phone calls. I had to start figuring out, you know, my travel plans. I, you know, where my dad and I were living uh, like an hour apart. I've got to go figure out his arrangements the very next morning, all in the middle of the virus, by the way. So, and that made some things a little bit more difficult than it really should have been. Um, so navigating all of that 
on top of remembering I have kids that loved grandpa. I've got to explain it to them now. So explaining it to Alex, of course, was much easier. He's older at this point. Um, let's see, he must have been 12 when grandpa died. And so I know that Alex took it pretty hard, but I didn't see him break down. He, nobody broke down any harder than I did, at least that I saw. <laughs> um, explaining it to my daughter, though, who at the time was, she just turned five. That was a little bit difficult because now Anna, if you knew my daughter growing up, very, very quiet. She hardly spoke as a toddler. She just had very little to say, okay? She knew how to talk. She was just really not talkative. Now, something changed because now that girl talks about anything and everything, even if you're not listening, you just hear her rambling, okay? But she wouldn't, she wouldn't really, she didn't really have anything to say. So whenever we would go and visit, you know, I, I always felt bad, but like my kids were kind of quiet with my dad and, but they enjoyed spending time with him. Even if it was just sitting down at the, at the couch, having, sharing a soda and watching TV. I know Alex really loved doing that with grandpa, but my daughter, we used to love going to like Carl's Jr. or McDonald's or anywhere that had like a little play place. My dad loved, of course, treating all of us to lunch, but he also loved watching them play, especially Anna, because she was so tiny. My kids are Polly Pocket kids when they were little, so like she's just this little tiny thing running around with all these other big kids scaring the crap out of me. So I know that she has these memories of my dad, but when we told her, she didn't really say much. She was just kind of, you could see she was visibly sad and it's kind of hard to explain to a five-year-old why somebody died you know I mean I guess it depends on the death now my dad while he did have the virus he was also on dialysis so um, I believe the death certificate says renal failure um, but how do you explain that necessarily to a kid you know best way is, well, Grandpa had some health issues that realistically were not taken care of, and his body stopped working. And he died. So, going on to get the preparations started for his service, he wanted to be cremated, so I made sure to have a viewing. And we had the viewing on Father's Day. That was my choice. That I, feel, I felt like uh, that was my my last Father's Day spending with him. That sounds so poetically sad, <laughs> but but I, I thought it was perfect. And so we travel on down our way and we go and once again, having a, I, I'm gonna have to probably have to do a whole episode on just funerals in the Rona because that was just such a weird time. 
So we were allowed to have people there, but if we had like X amount of people, like we had to have like half of them outside, half of them inside. Everybody's still six feet apart, masks. And so there was very few of us there anyways. A lot of people didn't want to travel and that was understandable. And I know that Alex went with me a couple of times to the casket to see my dad. I walked there quite often and you know, Alex cried and he, he grieved there. My daughter, on the other hand, now remember we traveled, okay, an hour apart. So we traveled and when we got there, she was asleep. This was still in her days of taking naps. She, we weren't, she hadn't started school yet. So she was still having like nap time kind of. And of course, if you're traveling, nap time just kind of happens whenever at this point. So for the three hours that we had my dad's viewing, she took the nap the whole time. And I felt, I felt so bad because for me, I'm the type of person, if you have a chance to look in, in the coffin, in the casket, I, I feel like you should take that chance because once they close it, that's it. And so I was really hoping that she would have gotten up and maybe been curious and I would have taken her. But at the same time, I, I also kind of got in my head like, well, there are people who want a closed casket and their reasoning is because, well, I don't want everybody remembering me that way. And it was kind of true. I remember my grandma had said, he looks old and I'm thinking, well, yeah, you guys, you guys are up there in age. Um, I made so many, what she probably thought was not funny jokes, jokes, but the fact was, like I said, he, his health was declining. He did have the virus. Um, also dead people don't look, let's just say it. Okay. They don't look obviously fresh. You know, they don't look so alive anymore. So yeah, my dad, it had already been like about a week and a half. We had him embalmed. That way we could have the viewing. It was kind of difficult to see my dad that way. So I could, I could understand that maybe Anna shouldn't see him like that because even though she saw him sick, you know, going through dialysis and stuff, maybe she doesn't need to have that image in her mind. So she napped, she napped, she napped. And I remember the last like five minutes when everybody was leaving and they had asked, you know, is, is everybody good? Everybody, anybody else want to see him one last time? We started picking her up to get, to get out of the building and to put her in the car seat. And she started kind of waking up, but she was still kind of drowsy. And I thought that's, I don't know if I really want her like half awake, half asleep and like, boom, just look in there. <laughs> like, that's going to be weird. So we waited for like the last five minutes and I thought, no, this is just, it's just not going to happen. I don't want to force it. It is what it is. At least she has memories and I was very adamant about taking pictures with my dad and her like walking across the street or walking into the restaurant and stuff just because she's just so little. And my dad was, my, well, my dad was kind of a short man, but <laughs> you know, it looked, it looked really cute watching my dad holding her hand. So there's a ton of pictures, 
ton of pictures and memories. I mean, we made sure to keep certain toys that were, you know, Christmas gifts that he gave her. So I thought that's just going to have to be the way it goes. We put her in the car seat. I literally hear them lock up the chapel as we're all leaving. She gets in the car seat and boom, it's just wide awake. I'm like, really girlfriend? Really? And of course she's, <laughs> we're driving back that night. She pretty much stayed up all night. I'm like, okay, well, the world works weird. That's just how it is. So after that moment, uh, we kind of went on living life, right? I've had my issues with grief pretty much ever since, you know, the, and that's another thing I'll, uh, I'd love to talk about the grief ball. I know I've mentioned it before where it just kind of happens. You're driving or you're at the store. It's been days and then it hits you and you just start crying out of nowhere. So I've been dealing with that for a while. Okay. Now the amazing thing to me is Anna hadn't really brought it up. She maybe brought it up like once or twice like within the same month or the month after, like, oh, it's sad that grandpa died. And then just kind of leave it alone. That was it. But I believe it was sometime last year. 2020. Yeah. Maybe at the very end of 21, but definitely during 2022. And since where we're kind of just watching TV and or we're eating or we're driving and nothing's really happening and she'll just stop and she'll look at me with much more of a concerned look on her face and go mom I really miss grandpa I miss when we used to go to McDonald's I miss when we would go to Golden Corral with him. I haven't seen Anna in a long time either. Anna is my, my dad's wife. And she would just make these comments out of nowhere, but you could tell in her face, there's confusion now. And I feel like right now, she might be having like a, like a, like a late, grief such session coming on and so we've explained to her and I gotta tell you real quick the first time that she brought it up where she was just like why did he die Are, can I look at pictures of him and so I I got I found pictures on my phone and she just cried and I tried to hold it together because for me of course I would let's let's look at pictures of grandpa I would love to that all obviously brought on the grief for me again. And then watching her go through it was difficult because especially so late in the game, I was like, Ugh, I, I actually thought that we were all gonna go through this together at the same time that, that one night and that we would be done with it. But duh, it has been three years for me. Why would I expect my children to get over it just like that when I am a grown woman and I'm not over it. So every once in a while we still hit this snag. I don't, well, I don't know if it's a snag, but we hit this 
moment every once in a while where she stops and she goes, I really miss him. And I'll, and I will try to push her through it. I don't know if that's the right way to say it either. I'll, I'll encourage it. That's much better. And I'll say, what is it that you miss about him? Or do you remember when we went to the fair with him? I have pictures of those. Do you want to look at those pictures? And if she cries, I let her know that it's okay. Because it's good to miss those who aren't here with us. Especially when they played a really important part in our life. And that doesn't necessarily have to be relatives. You know, we can miss best friends. We can miss... I don't know, other figures. Like in my last episode, you know, I mentioned uh, Chester Bennington. It's not a bad feeling to feel sad. Now, I also feel like you shouldn't be sad for too long. You know, I remember the night uh, of my dad's viewing, I had talked to a friend and I was explaining to her just some frustrations that I had just in general and that I was, uh, I just didn't feel like I was handling things very well. And I remember she had said something like, would you really want your dad to see you struggling like this? And I thought, no, I don't. You know, in the end, when it's our time to go, do we really want our loved ones to be so grief-ridden that like they can't do things? No. I would hope that my family misses me and, you know, give them a few days to really, like, just shut down and grieve, right? But the reality is the world keeps spinning. Things have to keep moving. And I just want my family to try to get back to normalcy as efficiently as possible. I'm not going to say quickly, efficiently. Because I don't think there is a time limit or a specific timer of any kind to tell you when you can start and stop grieving. You know, it comes in waves, as they say. It's true, it does. So with my kids, you know, Alex hasn't really brought it up. Like, every once in a while, we'll talk about something funny my dad said. Like, the, the one that we laugh a lot about is how sometimes my dad would go, Ow! And I'd go, Are you okay? And my dad would, No, damn it, I just said ow! What are you, what do you think? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like one of the funniest things that my son and I <laughs> love to reminisce about. And so sometimes, like, the grief doesn't even have to be sad. It could just be like, oh, man, I miss when he used to say X, Y, Z, you know. And uh, so we're still going through a a late-term grief journey with Anna, and that's okay. So... Every time I think about my grandpa who died, um, I always think about him ever since he died. And 
I'm still very sad about him, and I really wish he was uh, still alive, but, but I bet he's in a good place like heaven. Yeah. And a couple of minutes ago, I looked at a picture of him with my while my mom was crocheting, and it made me, and the picture made me think about him. And and I was very happy since he was alive, but now I'm really sad. What do you miss about him? Times that he went to to McDonald's with me, probably. Mm -hmm. And that's all I remember. Oh, and I remember going to like some um, place where we got that Squirtle plushie. I can't remember what it what it was called, but we went there with uh, this woman named Anna, Anna, and I went with my brother Alex and my mom, and we went there since I was little, and um, that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. So do you feel sad a lot, or just when you remember that grandpa passed away? I feel sad a lot. Do you remember when he died? No. Do you remember his viewing? What do you mean? When, when, uh, well, there's pictures that I've shown you before where we were at, like, a church, kind of, and, uh, we had Grandpa's body in a casket, and we got to see him before he, before he, uh, got cremated. Do you remember that day or no? No. Always had a hard, always have hard times trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at Grandpa's funeral, I slept in the church. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. So my suggestion to you, if you have children, how do you have that conversation? Well, I guess it also depends on who it is that passes, how it is that they go. My biggest suggestion would be to try to be as honest and real as possible. You know, like my other example where my mom had said that they're sleeping that's not entirely true. You don't want to just blurt it out. So-and-so is dead and that's it. It's the end. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Like you don't want to traumatize your kids either. I looked up different ways on how to have this conversation and the best scenario I think is to just explain kind of what happens when somebody dies. You know, and this is, generally speaking, this will be like the way that you would have this conversation, right? If, if somebody dies from natural causes, let's say. You say like a person dies and, and, and the organs, they stop. You know, the heart doesn't beat anymore. The lungs don't get the air anymore. The brain stop working. 
Um, the organs fail, and then you're just not alive anymore. Like you have the end of the living process is there. Okay. Now, the other thing too is you should let the kids ask you questions. Now, sometimes that can be difficult because like I said, if you're in the middle of the grief process yourself, you might want to just shut down. But you, I th honestly think that opening up, even if it is to your kids, and this is not, maybe it's not the quite the correct way because your kids should just be open to you and you're like the head, right? But when it comes to having this kind of conversation, I think, I think it's good enough to explain to your children, hey, look, I am going through this as well and I feel really sad. Let's talk about it together. So be prepared for questions that are going to come. You know, I know that probably sooner, at some point, Anna's going to ask, well, he had health problems, but what exactly did he, what was wrong with him? At that point, we'll explain diabetes, kidney failure, you know? I don't think my kid really understands <laughs> everything that was going on with the virus, just that we had to wear masks. Um, I mean, explaining things like that, you know, what happens to the body when you don't take care of your health, right? Of course, like I said, other, other instances must be harder than the normal ways. You know, when somebody dies in an accident, you know, in the last episode we mentioned uh, suicide victims, those have to be really difficult to explain to children. And so my other advice to you is to seek other guidance through whether it's counselors, therapists, the clergy, add another voice into the mix and be there with your children to have these conversations so that way your child is comfortable. Maybe it answers some stuff for you. Maybe it helps you in some way to work through this with your child at the same time. But definitely honesty is the best policy, in my opinion, for any of these kind of things. Because when they get older, they're gonna they're gonna know, you know? They're gonna know about how the world works and the different terrible ways that people unfortunately die, you know? One last suggestion here. And I gotta tell you, I was not huge on reading when I was younger. I definitely like had no interest in books. I know how to read, obviously, but like it was just a very limited few things that I actually enjoyed reading. And when you're in school and they force you to do it for like accelerated reader points, I don't know if anybody remembers what that is, but you know, taking tests on these books that you read, it's not fun anymore. So. Now my daughter is such a bookworm. And so the past year, we've been making it a point to go to the library and watching her read is so entertaining. And so I've gotten really into 
children's books. <laughs> and not because my reading level is that low, but some of these books are just so funny. They're so, they're written so cute in like different like perspectives and stuff. And I'm, I'm becoming a, a small bookworm behind Anna. So she f happened to find these two books and I thought, I thought, wow, I've never really considered looking for children's books specifically on grief. But we've read these two books and they were really good. One was called When Grandfather Flew by Patricia McLaughlin. And it's talking about a grandfather who he ends up passing away. But before he does, he loved watching birds and he had shared his love of bird watching with his grandchildren. And so his time had come and he had passed away and the kids go out like a day or two and they see a specific bird, I think, a flock of, of these specific birds. And they go, oh, grandfather, he loved those. It must be him flying. So it's like a, it's like a memory paying tribute to the grandfather, right? And Anna loved reading that one, and uh, I, you could tell she's getting it. And whether it's like the words or the pictures or whatever, it was written well enough for my daughter to understand, like, oh, they died. The other book that I really liked, and this one I, I loved, this one's called Mom's Sweater by Jade Perkin says after the loss of her mother a young girl and her dad find a new way to live with grief with the help of her mom's sweater you know, the mom I think dies of cancer in this book and the girl narrates about how you know she's struggling she, you know she didn't she didn't quite understand but she knows that mom's not there anymore and but while her and her dad try to get through the day-to-day um, you know, she finds the sweater and she feels like the only way that she can really go through life is wearing the sweater. So she like wears it or takes it everywhere. And finally the, uh, the, the grief kind of lessens enough for her to be able to at least keep the sweater nearby, but she doesn't need it all the time. It was a really good book. And that one's another one that Anna really liked too. There's a lot of ways to do this. It doesn't have to be impossible and it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, but it is something that needs to be said. So whether it's grandpa dying or, you know, maybe even mom or dad dying, and even if it's just Fido and Fluffy, okay, children will encounter death and we have to be ready to have that conversation. So however you want to have that conversation, just know that there are plenty of resources. Google is a wonderful thing now. <laughs> you can also look at your library as we have looked ourselves. And once again, I also suggest if you need to reach out to a therapist or clergyman anybody who might have a little bit more expertise than me. <laughs> of course, you can also ask me questions with anything. 
grief or death related, you can message me on Instagram or Facebook, either of those uh, group pages. You can also email me at goodmorningbecky at gmail.com. Remember, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are listening on Spotify, there is a question and answer after this episode. There's a question to answer or a poll on every episode now. So if you want to go back, even if you've listened to those previous episodes, if you want to go back and participate in those, I would love for you to. Soon, very, very soon, I'm hoping to start having guests. I'd love to interview anybody and everybody who is comfortable having this conversation with me. Whether you would like to talk about a loved one who's passed, whether you'd like to ask me questions on something that I might have encountered myself. Um, Anybody who's interested, feel free to message me, reach out. And of course, share my podcast. I'm growing small little bits here and there, but I would love to grow this into a big community, really. And there's lots of other people you could listen to, but I thank you for coming here to listen to me. And I'll see you next time. We'll talk about something else dark and sad and creepy. (laughs) It's Good Morning with Becky. Thank you.